Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's program, Infinity War hits a billion. The video game industry is looking for millions. And what games would we like remade? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back for another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glass from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of our show once again. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanica Media. you got to check out all their shows today on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and also their great videos on Humanica Media on YouTube. It's my good friend. It's Mr. Josh Peterson. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. Just uh, reeling in that last bit of weekend, you know what I mean? And uh, talking some podcast stuff. We've got a great show lined up for everyone today. We're going to be talking about the video game industry just before E3 2018 coming next month. Josh has a great interview with the independent band Young Ghosts. And we're going to be playing a little bit of that here later in the broadcast. Also as well, Josh and I are going to be sharing our thoughts on some of the games we'd like remade. And of course, Rob McCallum comes back into the middle of the Cosmic Crossfire. He is also going to be sharing his thoughts on the early success of Avengers Infinity War as well. Speaking of Avengers Infinity War, it just went over a billion dollars faster than any other movie in just 11 days, even for its second weekend, which was down 56% from its amazing first weekend, but still did very well, over $100 million at the box office. The IMAX screen that I was at was filled with individuals just waiting to see this movie. And it's still, people were still clapping and cheering and gasping and ooing and aahing with each and every moment during the film. Some guy even clapped when, spoilers, Iron Man got injured at the hands of Thanos there. So I ask you, Josh, it has reached a record pace of $1 billion in 11 days. You called it $2 billion was going to be something that you were targeting and that you thought it was going to exceed that. Are you excited that it's still doing so well? And did you think it would actually do even better than you anticipated? Yeah, it's weird with this one because I'm talking to people who really liked the movie and they're actually talking about how they want to go back and see it again. And, and that's not something that you see with a lot of movies. I mean, not just Marvel movies, but with any movie in general. So it's weird to hear people saying that. There you go. And I, like I said, I actually saw it for the second time on an IMAX theater, which was more expensive than the first time I saw it by a large margin. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's another thing. Like 
the fact that people want to go back and experience this again goes to show you that it's not going to slow down anytime soon because you're just a small percentage, a larger percentage of people who are going to be going back to this movie. And there are some people who haven't even seen it yet. So, you know, I imagine when I guess when the weekend people have have time to go see it or they're going to go want to go see a movie, they're going to a lot of people are going to go back and experience this movie again, maybe even three times. So it's not really at this moment, it's not really showing any signs of slowing down. It makes me wonder how is Infinity War going to affect the release of the Han Solo film? Funny you should mention that because Solo is tracking at about a pace a little bit larger than Black Panther, which is actually a very impressive sign considering the fact that a lot of people have Solo, a Star Wars story, actually earmarked for doom and gloom and thought it wouldn't get close to a billion dollars. If that's the case and people seem to like it and stand behind it, that could be a good sign for Solo. Deadpool 2, everybody seems to be having some great thoughts as well. I think it's just going to be the month of May. It's going to be a great time to go see a lot of movies out there. And that could lead into a very strong June as well. Yeah, I mean, because what Black Panther has been in theaters is still in theaters. and you Yes, it's actually still in the top 10. Yeah, and that just goes to show you that like Infinity War had such a huge impact on people and it's right at the beginning of summer. So basically this film has another what, 3 months to to kind of marinate with audiences. So I think we're at this point I don't even think we're seeing half of what it's going to do in the overall long run. You said it hadn't been released in China yet, correct? It gets released in China, I believe this week if memory serves. So could lead to a much bigger reception and you're right it could go well over two billion dollars if that's the case right we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg here so i i mean personally i'm gonna i want to go see it again so it, it just depends on how many people are like us who want to experience it again experience it in imax or even overseas who are going to be experiencing it for the first time and how many of them are going to want to go see it again so it's, it's exciting to think about but we're i don't think we're going to be able to see any like solid numbers until probably at least july to see exactly what kind of damage this thing has done at the box office well that's starting off on a great note and it looks like avengers infinity war is going to be a big success for marvel and disney and that's good to see because as you and i've talked about over the past few months there's been some really slow times for the movie industry when it comes to the box office receipts That is a good sign when people are going again out to go see these films, all led by Infinity War, over a billion dollars in its first 11 days, and it looks like it's not slowing down very much at all. What are your thoughts on Infinity War? Did you like it like we do? It's one of my favorites. I believe it's also one of Josh's as well. What are your thoughts on the film? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Josh, E3 is coming around the corner. You're going to be there with Humanica Media and the guys from the Super BS Gamescast. Your thoughts on where the video game industry is at. I've got some hard numbers I want to shoot out, but I first want to hear your thoughts on where the video game industry is at here in 2018 just ahead of e3 it's a very weird territory right now because you see there's a divide between people who want more multiplayer games and people want more single player experiences and it feels like less 
unless studios are willing to put the time and effort into the big single player experience. Then again, God of War came along and kind of changed everything. But it's also a huge big time for for the indie games because a lot of people are able to get the satisfaction of a single player game through indie titles that you know you could pay significantly less money for and have you know five or six hours of playtime with so it's a very it's a very weird landscape and i have this feeling that the battle royale fad is going to phase out here in the you know within the next couple of years but uh you know as for e3 it's gdc and PAX are kind of where like the the developers are making big announcements now and you're seeing less and less at e3 because it's becoming more of a fan experience and i know less and less press are going to e3 as of late so i I don't know where where it's going i think nintendo kind of is setting the stage for a new type of press release for their nintendo directs which you know they're i don't know if they're going to have a press i'm sure they'll have some kind of press conference at e3 but you know they're smart doing their things like separate of all of that because they don't have to they don't have to worry about putting on a big show or putting all this money into something that may or may not do anything for them so i don't know man it's it's a weird landscape and it's changing a lot between indie and single player multiplayer stuff like that a lot of studios are being closed up or enveloped by bigger companies like ea and then ea is closing them up internally it's a different landscape from what it was what are your thoughts on it obviously that starts with the battle royale which is the hot fad going on right now PUBG and especially Fortnite are making hand over fist as far as dollars are concerned and generating so much income, not only for the PC and console market, but also for themselves. They've created mobile games, which now are at the top of the heap as far as downloads and people wanting to play. So they've done a great job of promoting both their games, PUBG and Fortnite, over not only, like I said, consoles and pcs but also over the mobile systems as well so that's a great start right there then you have the console makers they all recently announced their financials as of the fiscal years that concluded at the end of march all three are showing signs of nice profits all three are showing signs of eh, maybe they could things are they could do a little better with nintendo obviously they're not at the point that they were at the height of the Wii. In fact, you're talking about something maybe a half to a little less than half as far as generating the the type of profit that they once did with the Wii, but the Switch has still done very nicely for them and is generating a lot of more money for them at this time. With PlayStation, you're right. God of War has been a big hit. So big, it is the fastest-selling PlayStation 4 exclusive title They've done a great job promoting it, and it's selling like hotcakes. Yes, the PlayStation 4 is probably on its decline. It is now sitting at around $75 million. But even if that's the case, they are still winning almost every month on the U.S. marketplace. I think Nintendo Switch will still take over as far as sales there in the all-important holiday season. But for right now, PlayStation 4 is still doing very strong there, even though, as I've said before, the ebb and tide and the the slope as far as the actual sales are concerned may be starting to go a little bit on the downside because, what, we're four years into life cycle. What can you expect at this point in time? I think it's actually seen extended life and will continue to see extended life 
much more so than previous generation consoles. Xbox is kind of like, well, for lack of a better term, the X factor. It is still generating some nice income for Microsoft, but seeing how it's sitting at number three, it still needs to do things better, especially when it comes to making games that are exclusive to its console in order to try and generate more income and a higher profile. The Xbox One X, the higher definition unit that still costs right around $500, that I think has to come down in price. And if it does, you'll see an influx of sales to support it, but also comes down to the games where they need to go ahead and bring out more exclusives or in order to generate more income for the company. It did rise from the previous year. All in fact, all three have risen anywhere from 15 to 20 percent from what they were doing in 2017. So that's a good good sign for this fiscal year that and like I said, ended as of March 31st. But in order to continue that growth, they need to all take steps, strong steps to support the current systems that they're utilizing right now. I agree, especially if they want to see another generation of consoles arrive here by 2020, like everyone's predicting, they're going to have to kind of step up their game. And they kind of got away with, like, like Sony especially gets away with more than they should as far as, like, showing trailers years before the games come out. And, you know, we're all waiting patiently for uh, Days Gone and, like, Final Fantasy VII. They, they kind of get away with more than they should, whereas everyone's super harsh on Microsoft because, you know, they have new Forza or whatever come out every year, but there's not a lot of original IP addresses hitting consoles. So there's room for improvement and there's opportunity and no one, people aren't giving up on consoles and these big single player experiences. So yeah, I think there's room for growth and we'll, you know, I'm curious to see what pops up at E3 this year and what makes its way out in the coming years. I know Nintendo is switch has yet to announce any like big titles for the fall and they usually have one or two. So I'm, I'm curious to see what those will end up being but yeah no there's there's definitely room for the consoles to grow and be, come back as opposed to you know there's a lot of mobile gaming's kind of making a uh not, i don't want to say comeback but they're, it's getting big and there's the uh, steam is another big thing so if these uh these consoles and you know the sony microsoft nintendo they definitely have their work cut out for them if they want to survive in the future market and when it comes to the mobile platforms that's somewhere Nintendo has said that they're finally going to start making a concerted effort and a focus on, which is a great sign and something that experts and people just have come to know the video game industry like you and I, we've been asking for them to do for years that they're, and now they're finally paying attention to it. They're finally listening and that they're, they're actually going ahead and making a concerted effort to make a better presentation when it comes to the mobile marketplace. With PlayStation, it's just how much can they extend the PlayStation 4 so they don't have to bring a PlayStation 5 out quickly. And also, can they really do anything when it comes to the VR market and their own PlayStation VR, which it is the leading seller among the VR market, but the VR market has not taken off like people thought it would. So I think there's something right there to that. And when it comes to Xbox, it's just... At this point in time, they need to start thinking a little bit outside the box. I've said it to you before, Josh, of all the the consoles that are out there, I think the Xbox One has, especially the base unit, has the best value and offers the most for the money. But 
again, it's it's about Microsoft going ahead and presenting that product out to people. Well, it's been two years, two or three years since we've seen a new Halo, but they kind of they have all the recipe for success that they need, but they're not doing it. They're not putting out new properties. They're they're and you know, God bless them for working on backwards compatibility. They listen to their fans more than Sony does, but they're always being crucified by Sony fanboys and the media for not doing this or not doing that. But really, if they could have just one successful new property come out or heck, bring back Fable, that I mean, that would put them back on the map. They they know what they need to do to survive. And even Phil Spencer has said that, yeah, they need to put more focus into new properties. And if they were to to do that and come out with something that people actually like, I'm not talking about like record, but I'm talking about something that has a narrative and you can incorporate multiplayer, you can incorporate couch co-op or whatever it is. Those are the kind of games that have made Microsoft popular. You know, they, they're known like the Xbox people have been known for having these games that you can play with your friends four player games, couch co-op games. That's why people buy Xbox. And if they could go back to that formula that made them popular, I think that could put them back on the map for at least another two or three years. I agree, and I think that they need to go ahead and take steps like that in order to ensure the longevity of the Xbox or whatever it is that they're going to produce in the future. What are your thoughts on the video game industry heading into E3? Do you think all three console makers are doing well, or is there one in particular that's doing better than the others? Is there one that's not meeting your expectations? Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just got to let you know before we hit a break that our shows are being streamed seven days a week on online radio and that we deliver two brand new shows covering the latest in pop culture every Monday and Friday to Apple Podcasts or over 30 different podcast networks. Just subscribe to any one of them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel to get extra content or just check out the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page for our entire radio schedule and a list of those podcast networks. Josh, you got a great thing going on with Humanic Media. So tell us what's going on with your great experience known as Humanic Media. Well, there's going to be a new episode of Top Gocklibs dropping in the morning, and you can catch a new Super BS games cast that dropped on Thursday, and we'll have another another something, I think a God of War review going up on Tuesday. Charles Smith has been dropping content like crazy on the Inside Sports podcast, so he dropped three new episodes today, or I dropped them, he just sent them to me. You can check that out, and also we have a show, you know, whenever the podcast radio network decides to come back online we will have some stuff for you on there too oh that's awesome indeed and it's going to be a great time every chance you get to check out one of the great shows on the humanity media networks just go to podbean youtube apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows to check out all their great programming when we come back josh is going to be talking to the young ghosts and then a little bit later on, the Cosmic Crossfire is coming up with Rob also talking about Avengers Infinity War, how it's performed in its early days, and his thoughts on that. And then Josh and I will be coming back later in the program to talk our thoughts on some games that we think deserve some modern love and maybe some a retrofit, a reimagining, or some type of deal where they're thought of once again and put in the public eye one more time. 
This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. We're joined here by the band Young Ghost. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, what's up? So you guys are actually in Florida. So you are talking to us from the future. Um, three hours. Three hours. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's a it's a time jump. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, just, you know, tell us about Young Ghost, man. How, how'd you guys? How'd you guys all come together? How'd you decide on the genre you wanted to play? Tell us about the experience that is Young Ghost. Alrighty. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll start and well, right. I'll try to be short and uh, pass it off to someone else. Um, but uh, I'm Kyle. I play drums. A few of us actually used to play in a different band, and that band kind of uh, met its end, and we kind of realized that some of us were more serious about it than others, and uh, we decided that it was time to kind of rebrand and get things going, you know, more seriously and in a more passionate and full-time manner. Um, so a few of us, uh, found basically replacements for the band members that, uh, we'd parted ways with and, uh, started Young Ghosts uh, just a little over two years ago. Cool. Cool. What, uh, what was the, what, what kind of bands were you guys in before? Was it same, same genre or was it like di- different type of music? Um, I think this would be a good point. Like I'll answer and then I'll pass the mic off cause it's a little bit different for each of us. Um, personally, um, Under Oath and Architects would be two very large influences for myself. Um, I'm going to pass it off to Nick. Oh, that's He's asking. You're asking about other bands we were in, right? Yeah, yeah. What what type of music was it? I'm yeah. sorry, I misunderstood the question. Hey, <laughs> no, that was actually going to be my next question was what your influences are. But hey, let, let's let's keep going around here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I. I've uh, joined bands playing guitar and then somehow switched to vocals like more than once. So that just keeps happening to me. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what happened is we were like, uh, we were like a softer sort of band. And then we were like, yeah, we don't really want to do this anymore. And then we just all switched around and did different stuff. And well, I switched around. We didn't all switch around. It's just me. So <laughs> yeah, that's, we just kind of changed it up and uh, started doing something that we liked more. So, all right, right on, right on. I'm Nick, by the way. Oh, <laughs> hey, I, 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 I didn't even like introduce <laughs> us. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I always like skip that part for some reason. I'm Josh, and this is Justin. And that's up? also Justin. So there's an abundance of Justins in this room. Uh, don't feel yeah, like yeah. you need to specify if you just you just say Justin. One of them will answer. One of them will answer. All Any, J's. Anything with a J will probably get somebody to respond. Oh, that's right, huh? That's yeah. a triple threat there. Um, yeah, cool. So what about the rest of you guys? Uh, the rest of you guys playing bands too, or is this your your first one? Uh, no. Um, I've been playing in a band 
Uh, and Bands is I was 13. So oh, nice. I've been doing it for a minute. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the uh, most fun and most exciting thing I've done uh, musically. Um, I, I've just never been this progressed uh, with anything I've done before. So uh, my name is Mike, by the way. Play okay. bass. Nice, nice. D- okay, I have a question for you. As the bass player, do you ever get uh, treated unfairly? Because <laughs> oh, I think it's uh, <laughs> oh, why do you have to do that? I think it's funny that you say that because um, that's normally the stigma. Um, but I kind of throw it in their faces a lot because it's kind of opposite for me. Okay, all right. Not trying to be. Um, do they know? Is the question. <laughs> you're asking if he gets treated unfairly yeah you ever left him at a show so we're all laughing because a lot of times i think mike can be a little sensitive <laughs> and uh, get your hand off my shoulder <laughs> i think sometimes mike thinks he gets treated unfairly and maybe sometimes i do give him a world of shit but uh we try to be pretty fair we've all been friends for so long um, so I don't really, well, yeah, that's us all kind of like inside jokes and stuff like that. So was that your question though? Like unfairly within the band or? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, you know, the, the stigma with bass players, like, you know, uh, people always say, why don't you make like a bass player and be inaudible? I was just curious if that was a, uh, well, thing for that you guys. kind of like where I was going at was like, <laughs> like within the band, I guess you could kind of say like, sometimes I'm like, dude, will you guys just quit? You know, like there's moments like that, but I think, um, outside the band, I don't think it's necessarily that way. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty intense when I'm on stage and live. So it's kind of funny. Like a lot of people notice me like, Hey, you're the bass player for young ghost. And that, I think that's kind of not typical for most bass players and most bands. So that's kind of like where I was going with that answer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cause the, you know, the bass player and drums kind of the, the backbone of the music. Yeah. And the, 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 like the first ones that kind of get looked over, but I think, um, honestly, it's kind of opposite. Um, for us, which makes me feel pretty good. So good. Maybe you're you're starting a movement here. Yeah, yeah. Base, I stand up for bass players everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's, who's next here? Uh, maybe you can. You can. Looks like you can see a nice view of his shoulder, but this is. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. What's going on? Face. We got two Joshes, two Justins. What up? All right, cool. I mean, uh, I actually was in a band called Agrasia before this. Um, we just broke up. You guys, the first one was to hear it. But um, yeah, now this is my main focus, and I'm ready to roll and do whatever we gotta do. Hell yeah! Brother. Wow, wow. No, I like so, it. I like it. It's short and to the point. Yeah, mic drop. <laughs> oh yeah sure you want me this is charlie what's up guys i'm charlie hey, hey what's, what's charlie what's going on i don't play um i played in a couple bands before this but it was like never nothing really serious so um, all right fair enough uh yeah no no, I wasn't. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this is really like the first thing that I've ever done that's been like serious or whatever. And like, it's pretty cool because like, I get to uh, play music in front of a bunch of people and hopefully get to play around the world doing that, which would be tight. Yeah. So I like to travel. And so like traveling, playing music it would be like, that's like been a 
big goal for me since I was a kid. So hopefully this turns into that opportunity and I get to do that. But like I said, I've never really done anything too serious before this. So All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, so you guys are from Florida. Like the East Coast seems to be a place where a lot of, uh, uh, you know, bands in the post-hardcore genre come from. You have like Emory, um, Hope's Fall, uh, Under Oath. Is they're you know they're all from over that. Do you guys get to play with a lot of like cool musicians or any of the musicians you guys idolize or anything? Um. Yeah. I guess you could say that a lot of bands will come through here, like bigger bands um, that are more established that we get to play with which is pretty cool. So we get to meet them, talk to them, hang out with them, you know, share the stage, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so you, how did you guys all come together though? Have you always been friends or was this just a, were you guys just jamming one night and decided to start a band or how, how did that happen? Um, really? Um, I kind of met everybody else except for, I've known Mike for a while. I've known him for like, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, something like that. Everybody else in the band, I kind of met, uh, like two or three years ago. But as soon as I met everybody, like, we all clicked instantly. And I think it probably say the same for everybody else, too. Yeah, I think it was like a chain of events. Like, Mike pulled me into the band that we used to be. Um, and then I pulled Nick, who is our current vocalist. Um, he was the guitarist of our previous band. I pulled Nick into that band. Um, that band ended. And then that was when we found Charlie, who Mike was longtime friends with. Um, the four of us clicked. Um, Josh came in a little bit later down the road, but, uh, he was actually just a friend who was in different bands in the area. And, uh, I actually always, used to fangirl over this band. Yeah. He, he was a big supporter of our old band yeah. and, you know, was very supportive of this band when it started. Uh, so naturally when we got the opportunity to, uh, bring Josh in the mix, we were really excited and, uh, it was a natural fit. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was I was just saying that I I got Josh in the band. It was me. It was I just, okay. Or <laughs> someone else taking credit. <laughs> Does everybody else? I've known him for a long. Time. <laughs> want to thank the Young Ghosts. If you want to check out the entire program, it is available on the Topic Apocalypse channel on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And we're back with another edition of The Cosmic Crossfire. We truly appreciate you sticking around and enjoying the program. But it wouldn't be a cosmic crossfire without my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind Rob McCallum Films. You got to check out all of his great projects today on robmccallumfilms.com, including the upcoming project that he has now available on Kickstarter that you can go and help support. It is Galaxy of Hope, an unauthorized Star Wars documentary that will help out so many children out there. It is just truly great that he's actually going ahead and doing this with his best friend, Jay Bartlett. It is my good friend as well. It is Rob McCallum. What's going on, my friend? 
Oh, not much. Another day in paradise, as you like to say, just uh, hitting the Kickstarter campaign trail really hard and uh, talking to a lot of different people that are excited to uh, be a part of it and uh, just putting a lot of time into that kind of stuff. You know how it goes. I know how it goes indeed, especially across social media. You have been extremely active. In fact, you have gotten the help and assistance of a lot of well-known Star Wars celebrities in your cause to try and get people aware about the great Galaxy Hope Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, Mark Hamill has uh, liked three of our tweets now officially. We have Dave Benison on board who created uh, Luke's walking stick in Last Jedi, and he's created a custom replica that's going to be part of the project. So that's cool. We have Michael Giacchino, who did the score for a lot of different Pixar films, and of course, Rogue One. And just now we shared that Charles Soule, who uh, did the uh, writing on Anakin and Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, and the new book on Poe, he retweeted to all his followers as well. So there's no shortage of support from people in the actual Star Wars uh, universe or tethered to the creation of it. Just need a little push from all the fans out there that want to see a cool Star Wars documentary and want to dig into some of the cool Star Wars collectibles out there and see the impact it's going to have on uh, kids that work with charity foundations and and just basically see that uh, really life-changing impact that every dollar we raise can help. And if you could just go into really quick detail about Galaxy Hope and why it's so important that people need to go ahead and back this on Kickstarter. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's it is another Quest movie, so in that regards, it's it's somewhat of a spiritual successor to Nintendo Quest, but it's really about making an example of fandom for good, using the force of fandom for all the good things. We hear a lot of stuff about fandom being negative and, you know, people in their own corner and they want to own different things and it's their thing to love and you can't have any opinions on it. This is the opposite of that. This is us fans coming together as a community to help those who can't help themselves and who need the help for the greater good. This is like using the force, the underdog rebels to to overcome that that shadowy empire uh, that gets us all down. But in this case, it's illnesses and, and diseases and, and circumstances that children can't do anything about. Their way of living is is not like we're, what we're dealing with. And our patient ambassador, Andy Morrison, she she has an ailment that requires blood transfusions every three weeks. So she's 10 years old. She's had 150 transfusions in her life that take a long time to do. And that's just part of her day to day. So when we sit there complaining about whether this happened in this movie or this didn't, uh, wasn't good enough for me, you know, it's stuff like this that really puts it in perspective. And she's a huge star Wars fan. Her dog's name is Jedi. So it's really nice to be able to connect with her on that level. And that's all she cares about. She doesn't look at herself as someone who has a, lesser quality of life or anything like that but i know through our efforts with myself and jay and everybody on board including you backers we can improve her life so she can uh enjoy you know something of a, of a better echelon than what maybe she's used to right now and again the auction and, and collectibles that are raised from this outing that you can help support today on Kickstarter to document this as far as the search for all these great Star Wars collectibles, that the proceeds from the actual auction that they would like to go ahead and do for the Star Wars collectibles that are all gathered up, go to the Children's Health Foundation. And again, to help children like you were just mentioning just now that are in need, that are 
uh, going through a daily life that definitely uh, deserves a helping hand. Uh, that's that's just great indeed. And again, you can help support it today. Just search for Galaxy Hope on Kickstarter. It comes right up. It's Galaxy Hope, an unauthorized Star Wars documentary. Just pops up right there. Pick a tier that's out there, whether you want the full DVD, the Blu-ray, the the direct download. Do you want to be have a name in the credits, associate producer? Do you want to be at the auction? I mean, there's several different tiers that are out there. Choose one to your liking and help support this great cause today. We've been talking with a, a potential backer. They're they're going to jump on in the next day or so, from what we understand, and they're going to snap up a key sponsor credit which is our highest reward it's about a thousand dollars us and what you get for that is uh in this case this is a toy shop i believe where they're going to have their toy shop appear in the credits before the title so it'll say pirate productions presents a film by rob mccallum in association with i don't want to say the name of the shop in case it doesn't go but uh john's toy shop then it'll say galaxy of hope so there is an opportunity to have some really great evergreen marketing for your store or your shop out there for life, which is pretty good. And we've done that on similar projects. And we know that people have watched our films and gone to these stores as a result of seeing that uh, been featured in, in such a manner. So this this is a good chance. And for only a thousand bucks, it's pretty good marketing. And this is someone right here who, it, this is not his first film. He's not doing a student film or anything like that. This is someone who has a background with several different films. And you can check them out today on robmccallumfilms.com, like Kitty, Origins and Evolutions, which just blew the doors off of Amazon and sold out right away. Also, as well, you've got Missing Mom, which has done great on Amazon Prime. Of course, the big hit documentary, Nintendo Quest, and and so many others box art is on the way also as well the power of grayskull so rob has been around this avenue i think once or twice so definitely if you contribute to this great cause today on kickstarter you'll see a great product when it comes out on screen but rob not only are we here to talk about galaxy hope but we're here to talk as well about some great pop culture topics so rob what's on your mind when it comes to pop culture one massive topic that i think everybody is talking about in some capacity and i I think has even affected the galaxy of hope uh, kickstarter campaign is infinity war has come out and i know you and josh had a had a really long uh, non-spoiler free discussion about what worked and what didn't work in that in that film and what you guys liked and the the the, the, how everybody's pumped up and the hype around it it obviously broke a lot of records as well this weekend. Do you have the numbers specifically offhand where we are now with how much it's made? It finished off with $258 million at the U.S. domestic box office, which is a record which beats the 248 from Star Wars The Force Awakens. So it is the all-time leader in first weekends domestically and also worldwide. It not only exceeded expectations, it blew it away. People were saying maybe 480, 500. This went over $640 million worldwide in its first, what, three, four days because it came out earlier in places like Australia and whatnot. Uh, about in this four, first four or five days, it earned over $640 million. So that is something, you know, obviously this overwhelming. Although the overseas, Actually, the one of the Fast and Furious installments earned more in that period of time, but combined with the domestic, 
the worldwide take for those first few days is larger than any other entity. Yeah, I remember uh, reading something about the Fate and the Furious being a little bit, a uh, little bit higher, of course. And I think it even made some IMAX records domestically, both in the number of screens it was on, and the fact that the entire film was shot with IMAX cameras was a first as well. Did really well on Thursday night, I believe, as well. Didn't it beat The Dark Knight on Thursday night alone for the midnight screening, which was the previous holder? I believe so, but it still it fell. Actually, no, on Thursday nights it actually fell behind about three or four films, including Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows, I think part one, if I'm not mistaken, and a couple other films. But it really made it back up on Friday and Saturday, where it scored huge dollars there. So that's that's pretty much where it actually gained all that momentum. Word of mouth, word of mouth among just consumers and, and fans and audience members out there. That's pretty much the key to why this huge juggernaut came to be so let's put it in perspective it is already the number two film worldwide this year and it did in three or four days and i gotta tell you this is not a film i was the least bit excited to see and i found myself over the course of the weekend with everybody talking about it and the buzz being in the air kind of saying i kind of wonder what it's about i kind of wonder what's going on people are saying some surprising things about it that I didn't expect for them to say. Certainly, I think puts rest all the superhero fatigue discussion. I think there is definitely still an ample appetite for films that can do great storytelling, whether there's superheroes in them or not. But the question I've got, since we're talking about numbers in this session, is what can possibly overcome Infinity War now? Anything? Now, if we would have, if we could go back and rewrite history and say that episode seven and eight hadn't come out, I could say, Gerald, well, the only thing that would ever break Infinity Wars record is a new Star Wars film. Wouldn't it be great after 35, 40 years, a new Star Wars film comes out? Wouldn't that possibly break it? Well, that's not the the world and the timeline we live in. Of course, Star Wars episode seven came out. It was huge, 248 million, like you said. Last Jedi still had a huge debut, 220 million. What do you do to break this? I mean, again, going back to the stats, 10 years of films led up to this one culmination. And that's exactly part of the reason why it earned so much in its first few days. Because like you said, this is a culmination of that. And a lot of people were invested in that. But also there was a curiosity by those who haven't been following the MCU. And I noticed a lot of people were, there was either their first Marvel movie or one of their few Marvel movies that they've ever attended because of this event. And I think they wanted to be part of this event type atmosphere. When it comes to seeing something surpass it in the short term, episode nine is being hampered by the polarizing effect of episode eight. Yes, we know J.J. Abrams is now directing it. He did such a great job with The Force Awakens, which you know, on par, it's it's a it's a pretty good film, not a great film, but the fact that it came out when it did after so many years reinvigorating the Star Wars franchise, he got the job done. So give him kudos for that. As far as what you think of the Episode Seven, that's notwithstanding, the proof is in the pudding, and the proof is right there, money wise. When it comes to Episode Nine, I do not think he's going to be able to replicate that type of performance simply because the fact that episode eight has that polarizing effect and people may, even if it's a great film, they will probably go ahead and maybe see it in its second 
third week after the word of mouth comes to, comes to play. That, well, that's, it's the second sequel, right? So we know yeah. that you're going to have diminishing returns every time. You know you're going to get everybody that loved The Last Jedi, and you'll probably get half the people that hated The Last Jedi, a huge chunk of that. So if you look at those numbers, $220 million, you're going to get half of that, right? So you're going to get $110 million for sure. And then out of the other $110 million, you're going to get maybe $55. So you're going to get $165 maybe at best, with some curious people to see how it ends. And there's only few iterations that are out there, few franchises that have bucked those trends. I mean, we talked about the Fast and the Furious series, so that seems to go all over the place, and in recent years has actually gotten more powerful in what would be perceived as far as the downfall normally with other franchises when it comes to the 6th, 7th, and 8th movies in its installments consider the bond skyfall was what the 22nd 23rd and that was over a billion dollars making it the highest bond ever so those are rare occurrences with normal film franchises they have a tendency to maybe peak at a second or third and then go down from there so the transformers for instance that's that's probably a great example right there with one that just seemed to, at this point in time, in its fifth or sixth installment, just seems to be going downhill. It's going to be hard for anything in the short term to surpass that kind of success. I don't see anything at this point in time, but who knows? You know, Avengers obviously, 4, I guess, could, could do it. I don't even think Avengers 4 is going to do it. I, I really think that this was an event, and I think this is something that culminated 10 years I th- there is a lot of great feedback among the fans, but I don't even think Avengers 4 will surpass it, and I don't think it should be expected. Well, let's call to it Avengers 6 then, or whatever it is, and 10 years from now, the next thing. Because at first I thought there was Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2. It was originally stated as that. Yeah, that's what I thought, and I guess that just changed, or I haven't seen the film, so I'm guessing it ends on a cliffhanger from some of the murmurings... I will continue those murmurs because I have seen the film and it does kind of lead into, okay, I'll, I'll for all better, you know, I'm not spoiling anything, but it I've is read a the comic books. Joe. It, it is a part one. It is a part one uh, of okay. two, but it's just, the, well, it'll they're be interesting to see how they handle it though. Right. Because what I think the smartest thing that they've done in this universe is they have this big story that is all funneled towards this one film. Now, we, of course, we've had sequels within this. We've had Thor 1, 2, and 3, and Captain America, and Winter Soldier, and Civil War, which even which kind of felt more like an Avengers film, but it's actually a Captain America film. And, of course, we've got all these other little tangents, and Hulk, and, and stuff like that. But all this kind of funneled into one thing. So now that we've had this big universal event, I wonder if they're going to stop and kind of go wide again. Where it's okay, okay, so Black Panther 2 is playing off this, and we're not talking about the big thing. It's kind of overshadowing everything that's going on, and we'll advance it a little bit. And then in the next Spider Man film, we'll advance the big story just a little bit as well, until finally we get those films that are right on the spine to culminate one more time. So that, you know, if again, I haven't seen it, so this isn't a spoiler, if, you know, all the Avengers die or something like that. You can look into like how they're dying or how they're being replaced over the course of the next 10 years and get put back together. And, and what's the case? You know, what is the ongoing mystery? If the other one was, you know, the Tesseract and these infinity stones and, and all that, what are the new little trinkets and these little puzzle pieces that they're going to be able to kind of 
link all these other films together in the same way that Agent Coulson was in the early days and then it became the Infinity Stones. What are they going to do going forward so that they can tell that culminating story? I think that would be some smart storytelling. That'll do it for another episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. Let us know what you think out there. Hit us up on Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos, and on Twitter. On Twitter, it's Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanica Media, Game Source, and at Rob McZob on Twitter. Again, also as well, please support this awesome project, Galaxy of Hope. Just search it out on Kickstarter today, and you can go ahead and be a part of some great film magic that I know Rob and Jay would like to produce out there for you. Appreciate it, Gerald. Uh, And hopefully we'll be back soon to talk more about Galaxy of Hope, the benefits of being a backer, and some really cool things in store. Definitely looking forward to it. And Rob, as always, it's great having you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us all the way through the program. Want to thank the Young Ghosts. If you want to check out the entire program, it is available on the Topic Ocalypse channel on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. Also want to thank Rob McCallum for stepping into the Cosmic Crossfire. Don't forget to support today on Kickstarter his outstanding project idea, Galaxy of Hope, an unauthorized Star Wars documentary. You can do it today. Go to kickstarter.com and search out Galaxy Hope, and you're contributing to an awesome upcoming film project, and that's definitely something worth doing, I can assure you. Before we head on out, I know you wanted to take some time to share your thoughts on some games you were hoping that would be reimagined. And I know I was hoping to share some thoughts on some games that I thought needed some love as well. But I want to hear first your thoughts on some video games that you think need some modern love here in 2018 and given a brand new life to share with audiences and gamers that may not be aware that they even existed and may appreciate it if it's reimagined. Yes, yes. So I was thinking about this. And, you know, like Sega's dropping their classic collection. Nintendo is supposed to be, um, you know, having some old classics come out. And I just started thinking, like, what properties are out there that have been dark for a long time but would be really fun to play on modern consoles? And the first thing that came to mind is you know I'm a huge Streets of Rage fan, so why don't we have games like that anymore? You know, we used to have even like games like Gauntlet, how you could just you could crawl through dungeons with three of your friends and you just kinda you all shared lives, but it was fun. You know, you you very not often did you make it to the end, but it was still a fun game to play. And that's the same thing with Streets of Rage. You can kind of crawl through the streets and throw trash cans and fight people with your buddies and you know, when you ran out of lives or quarters, that was the end of the game. Yeah, remember Gauntlet was reimagined, in, what, 
three, two, three years ago. And it didn't find the market that it was hoping to because they kind of made it too, I don't know, it just didn't click for whatever reason. Yeah, and you know, also you have to be careful with stuff like that too. I know that it was, it was maybe it felt a little bit too modern, but there is an audience for it, I think. And especially like you have a game like uh, the Simpsons arcade game. Remember that they used to have those like Pizza Huts and the arcades and stuff, and you could had four joysticks. You can sit there and play with your friends. You had Marge with a vacuum cleaner. And you just kind of went through Springfield fighting people. There's not a lot of games like that anymore. You don't have the 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 side scrollers, or even not even just the side scrollers. Like it, it can be 3D, but you don't have games that you can play with your buddies like that anymore. It's all centered around like battle royale stuff or like big massive multiplayer maps or, and stuff like that. You don't have like Borderlands is really the last game that I could think that truly allowed you to have a good time with your buddies. Destiny is all completely, com- almost completely multiplayer. They need to bring games back that let you just hang out with your friends and play and have a good time. There's not a lot of games out there like that anymore. And, you know, outside of that genre of like arcade style games, you know, a a property that I was thinking would be fun that we haven't seen in a long time is Croc. Remember that on the PlayStation? I do. That was a very solid game when I came out. Yeah. And I don't know, like, what happened to that? You know, again, we're going back to like mascot oriented games, but Croc was something that it hit with audiences and then Croc 2 came out and people people liked it. It was okay, but people didn't like it as much as the first Croc, but still like it it found its audience and then it disappeared. So I don't, I don't know. I'd love to see Croc and I'd love to see a return of like the arcade style games, but there's a lot of properties that if you look back on them, they could be cool on modern consoles, but people just don't want to take the time to reinvent them. Do you have any games that you'd like to see make a comeback? I would. And it starts off with an original Xbox title. And I believe it also came out for the PC and PS2, if memory serves or some other format as well. That was 13, or actually it was shown as Roman numeral XIII, but it is 13. It's a great looking, at that point in time, cell-shaded game. It was a mystery where you woke up, you got amnesia, and you don't understand what happened, and it looks like you shot the president. Kind of like a mystery game, so you're figuring out what's going on, but there's people trying to hunt you down and kill you at the same time, and you got to figure out and unravel this mystery, and... I would love to see that game reimagined. And I think it would be a great single-player adventure, although it had a really solid multiplayer as well. And you don't have to keep it in the cell-shaded look, although it definitely worked for that point of time because obviously the, the power of the actual console itself necessitated decisions such as that. But it was, to me, a great experience. And I would like to see that reimagined because... We don't have a lot of single-player games, and you're, you're asked to think and make decisions and also unravel a mystery of that's really pertinent because it's you going through the mystery, and you're trying to unravel, figure out what's going on because you know if you don't, you're going to go ahead and either get killed or be arrested for a crime you didn't actually commit. Well, cell shading games are kind of coming back too, right? You you see a lot of the those the indie games on like Nintendo Switch have kind of the cell shading going for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you mentioned, there's not a lot of games like I God of War really is the first time that you've seen a game that's kind of enveloped you in a story like what you're talking about before. 
and for the most part it's it's just like it's multiplayer and it's battle royale and stuff like that you just don't get the experiences that you once had and i'm hoping that eventually that type of game will make a comeback and maybe god of war did set the president and you know i'm not saying god of war really changed the landscape but it did show that there is a desire for those games and they need to stop saying that there's not and maybe through that we'll one day find a future where where some of these games that we we know and love and grew up with couldn't have a place on modern consoles absolutely couldn't agree with you more are there any other games that you're thinking that you might want to see come back to life or given a new life actually you know, that's a good question. I'd love to see like Vector Man. I, I was always a huge fan of Vector Man. I don't know how fun that would be to kind of be more like a a mix of like Bomberman and Metroid, I guess. But I'd like to see that. And there's some old um, there's some old racing games I used to like on Sega, like the Road Rash. But most of all, like I would really love to see a new Twisted Metal game come out because those were always fun. I remember coming home from school and playing those with my buddies. And that was always a good time to me. I'd have to like honestly just go through a catalog, like a a list of games I used to like and, you know, get back to you on that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot out there like Gex was cool and Croc was cool. And there's there's a few others, I'm sure, that I'm just not thinking about right now. Like Pilot Wings was was another fun one. That was a Nintendo property. Crimson Skies or uh, Armed and Dangerous. There's a lot of properties out there that were fun, but they've just gone dark and you know, you look at the modern gaming landscape and there's no way that they would fit into this new world. But again, you know, I'd like to see Cool Borders come back. Like, uh, that was always fun for me. But, you know, who who knows when's the next time we're going to see a game like that. But there's also some games that kind of disappointed or just didn't cut the mustard at the time that they come out. But it was actually a novel and good idea that if it had been done right, would have actually met an audience. One such game for me was Alpha Protocol. I really wanted that game to click. I was looking so forward to that game. In fact, I remember as we just started Game Source and just really started going to E3 and all that. And I actually, if you if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you can actually see it up here in the right hand corner. And one of the games that I actually profiled on it was Alpha Protocol because I was actually so excited to go ahead and get that game pre-ordered in advance and Sure enough, when I got the game, it stunk, and it was just really just a, a loser and just really just a box full of poop as far as that's concerned. People were really getting into the Mass Effect scenario of making a game based on choices that you make during the course of the game, and unfortunately, the quirky type characters, the story itself, just nothing seemed to mesh, the repetitive gameplay and the generic bad guys that you were fighting were just didn't make any sense. It was, it was a novel idea that somebody put on paper and just didn't come to execution. If somebody could get a hold of that property and go ahead and do something with it really substantial to me, it just wouldn't make a lot of sense because the spy genre has not been covered well in a long time. There's really not been any really good spy games that have come out in quite a spell even the bond game iterations that have made it two consoles have not really been that good since 007 so i'd really like to see something brought out in that context and a rebirth or a reimagining of alpha protocol could do the trick in my opinion what games would you like reimagined is there a certain title certain genre certain story certain concept 
you want reimagined, you want brought back to life, and you want popularized once again, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Stores on Facebook and Twitter as well. So Josh, any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Uh, No, I mean, we might have some news for you guys coming up soon, but I can't think of anything at the moment. No worries. I'll tell you what, it's still going to be a packed episode we've got coming up on Friday. Obviously, we've got more great stuff for you on the way, including talking a little bit more about Deadpool 2. Summer movie season is coming up strong right now. We've got so much to talk about there. And then also, like we said, right around the corner is E3. So we got a lot to talk to you as we go along into the summer months. Definitely stick with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos to get your fix on what the latest news and trends are in pop culture. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Haven't been listening to the Revcast? Here's what you're missing. <laughs> the sharks have an economy based on gold? Apparently. You have a shark like decked out like Mr. T with the bling all over <laughs> Oh, now I want to see that. I want somebody oh to draw a picture God. of a shark with a, with a mohawk. I pity the I'm done. <laughs> the Revcast by RevolutionSF.com. Available at revolutionsf.com, iTunes, and part of the ESO network. Uh, Dragon Ball Super. Yeah, uh, Super. Cowboy Bebop actually just turned 20 years old. That's so weird. Is that right? Yeah, I remember watching that. That was uh, before my time. But can you close that door? In here. Yeah. Wow. It's going to get hot in here. It is hot in here Wait, already. Can we, should we leave it open? Or There's no one's coming home for like an hour. If no one's coming home for an hour, that's fine. Okay. But no, it was like it was made. I think in 1989, I want to say, and then Jesus. it it didn't. It wasn't Sweet played. Baby Jesus. Dragon Ball Z surprisingly is old, it, and it, so is Dragon Ball. I remember watching Dragon Ball when I was in elementary school. Right. It was on. So it was Dragon Ball was on. Should we wait and do this? In the no, we're gonna do this. We'll just do your topic first. We'll just go for it now. So oh, we so this will be pre-show, and then we'll just pre-show because right. Dragon Ball was on. We're doing the pre. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, welcome. There's only the bear. Smokey's cousin. Role playing. It's good for the marriage. Oh, do her on the floor, Chet. <laughs>
<laughs> now that story, not to be believed, gave me nightmares for weeks. Hey, bring any, find any friends, bring him back. We'll give Why him a ride do his kids look at him like he's Zeus? <laughs> kids look at me like I'm a rack of yard tools at Sears. I mean, why can't they connect me? <laughs> He's all scratching his asshole. <laughs> Put a cork in it, honey. Talking business. All right, guys, welcome back to Topic Apocalypse, uh, the only podcast on the internet. That's true. That is. 100% true. Uh, I am your host, Josh Peterson, and I'm joined here by Brian Kane, PhD. It's not real. And big dog, Justin Lenahan. What's up, what's up? Yo, 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 yo. Some oof, quick... Oof, oof, oof. Yeah. Uh, some quick housekeeping items. Arf, you arf. Can, I'm going to do this at the beginning of the show instead of the end, because I always forget. Uh, housekeeping. Get, housekeeping. Fluff pillow. Amy, <laughs> <laughs> he plays for the Yankees. Let me, <laughs> let me jerk you off. <laughs> If you look back at those movies, they really didn't age that well, but they're still classic, and I still watch they're them still whenever funny. they're... They're still funny, but I think like, the humor ages well. The humor ages well, but if you were to show that to a kid that like grew up not in the 90s, I don't think they would find it as funny. Like I would be the only one well, laughing. That's, that's I like think watching the, like the, like the like Happy Gilmore and mm-hmm. uh, Billy Madison movies. But and I, stuff. I miss that type of comedy. I wish we could go back to that. Adult um, comedy? I don't think the aesthetic holds up. I think no, that's what no, turns they people tried. off. They tried. To, remember the, the vacation? sequel or whatever and it, they the, tried too hard and it was not natural and the problem sucked. no you're, you're completely right it's all reliant on like uh, sexual jokes but like back we in the 90s was a lot of physical comedy so that's what the the office did so well like you have the the fire uh fire drill episode where uh oscar falls through the ceiling mm-hmm. like physical gags like that are still funny but they just haven't like tapped into them that well recently yeah i don't think it it goes as well as it used to the stuff like that. Now people want smarter, witty, quick lines. And on, honestly, I still think the thing that's lasted through all this time for comedy is racial humor. It's true, but like it's hard to dive. Did you see the Black that? Jeopardy I sent in the? Yes, yes. That was just, it was so funny. Yes, so funny. I watched the the one with Tom Hanks. You? Oh, the one the but, one you sent was hilarious, dude, bro. Your gun's still jammed. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get that on my uh, on here, and then we could go through it. Play the beat. I'll work on it. We'll see. Keep keep. Talking. I don't know about the the one where it's the voiceover, but the the video. It's 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 a guy working at Jimmy John's. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And he gets held up and by, well, this, by this completely inept bank or robber or whatever. Hold on, I think I got it. Uh, maybe it won't do it. Oh, I can open it on iFunny. That'll be better. All right, here we go. So it's a guy who's working at a, what is this, a Jimmy John's? Uh, by, the, by the hat, I'm assuming it's a Jimmy John's. Oh, Jimmy John's hat. JJ. And then... Whatever, you're getting a turkey sandwich. Flight with birds make me nervous. And he pulls out a you gun. You that slide, big guy? <laughs> what kind of shoes are those? Your gun's jammed. Last time, give me the lasagna. You, yeah, you. Do you know how to make lasagna? It's still jammed. Take a close look and tell me how and to fix it. Right Sir, I'm face. not going to die for $10 an hour. Is there <laughs> lasagna in the computer? Just take this money and buy some lasagna. You're going to get a terrible Yelp review. <sighs> <laughs> Kobe. 
<laughs> Kobe. The Kobe's funny. He, uh, from what I understand, that real the real news story they had that, and they're like he that was his exact attitude was like this is not even worth it for me. He didn't really care that much, dude. If I was making ten bucks an hour, I'd be like take whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not gonna, if they fire me over that. You've got the best lawsuit on your hand that you're guaranteed to win. Let me open the register for you. Exactly. Uh, housekeeping items: You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Podcast.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and various podcasting outlets whatever is your choice for podcast listening i wonder people already found us do we need to tell them well what if it's new new users well because the only way someone can find us is by going to one of these outlets right well sometimes we end up on the podcast radio network like once a month so hi podcast radio network yeah so that's good thank we're you. all over these podcasting yeah. outlets thank you for listening to us spreading that seed Exactly. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Would that be considered rape? Cyber rape. Cyber rape. Okay. Now that we have the Wait, ruling on that. Ear rape. You can also send us an email at topicocalypse at gmail.com. Mm. And some, some things coming up. We have an interview with one of the guys from Hope's Fall, and they're going to be talking to us about their new record coming out. So if you're a fan of the post-hardcore movement and genre of music, that's definitely something to be looking forward to. All right, guys. Well, we're back here. We have... Uh, the three of in us. sweaty Southern California. In sweaty Southern California. Dude, it's like... Heat wave today when it was like 85. Yeah, so if you guys hear some children's <laughs> at the park out next to us, uh, we have the window open, so... And they're chained in Josh's yard. Yep. Um, Josh is watching them through binoculars. Yep. With my pants up. Wait, what? What? No. Um, no, they're up. <laughs> anyways. In uh, the closet. In the... Oh! <laughs> All right, Big Dog, gotcha. you had... You have a topic for us. Tell what are we talking about? I today? do. Uh, I've been sick recently, about over the weekend and on Friday, and so I had a lot of time on my hands to lay about and watch whatever. But I ran out of stuff to watch on uh, Hulu, Netflix, all that stuff, which is really hard to believe. That's crazy. That's like reaching the end of the internet. Okay. Well, anything that interested me, sure. Okay. Uh, on the on either of those platforms, do you or, real or quick, even Amazon Prime? Quick question: Do you guys ever just spend so much time trying to find something to watch that by the time you do, you don't want to watch anything anymore? You just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Happens to me with porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both. <laughs> but. What? But uh, Netflix. No, nah, I started watching uh, a bunch of uh, like anime I've never watched before. St- or it's old stuff I haven't watched in years. What is it? Tell us some titles here. Uh, I've been watching some uh, Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Is so, that a, where did you find that? Uh, it's this app on the Xbox Funimation. The Funimation is that, app is, is that, that free? A monthly or is that? Free? It's like three dollars a month. Oh, it's not and, bad, I, and I've got and I signed up for like the free month or whatever. What what's... I did that with YouTube Red, by the way, life hack. You can sign up for the free month of YouTube Red, cancel it immediately, then you keep all the features of YouTube Red. Dang. Yeah, yeah, I have that so I can listen to my YouTube Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not paying for it. No, I'm not either. What's the exclusive content situation on there? People are making some movies and some short I do stuff like that. Music in yeah, the background. Exactly. exactly. I get uh, old uh, Opie and Anthony shows and stuff like that that yeah. are on YouTube, and then I just I can click it off. Oh, okay. I can listen. Like, and you just you can lock your phone out and listen to it like it's regular. Make it on your on your right. iTunes or whatever. It saves your phone battery too. Yeah. Can't you do that with regular YouTube? I just get once ads? you close out of the app, it shuts, shuts it off because it it's a, it assumes you're watching the video. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, big dog, you're watching anime. Oh yeah, I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. How, which uh, saga? Uh, I'm in the Frieza saga. It's actually a, it's a decent one. It was one of my favorites. But yeah, I watched that. I watched some uh, some One Piece, mm. some uh, Full Metal Panic. 
Dude, some, uh, new seasons coming out. Uh, it's what you said. I'm kind of stoked. Yeah. I watched some uh, Trigun. Oh my! Hey, do they have all of the historical, like starting from the beginning, or is it like Netflix where some stuff they'll have certain seasons and no? They, but if or it, does if it go it, back historically? They have new shows. They show that air episodes. I think weekly or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah, they update them. Yeah, they do. update quite often. But I, they have every all the seasons of One Piece. There's like uh, 19 seasons or something. Jeez. Good lord! All the, they, have, they have all the DB, all the DBZ, all the Dragon Ball, all that, all that stuff. Majin Buu will beat the shit out of everybody, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the best one, I think, despite. Like the the twenty episodes like of, of Gohan, saga. like meditating. I think the Majin Buu saga was actually I like, really. good. I like the Cell saga. Cell saga is really good. They drag. So like Hercule. Hercule. Think yeah. of everybody. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Satan. He reminds Mr. me of Mr. He reminds me of Mr. Torg from Borderlands. Dude. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 I love the uh, the at the tournament the guy that just follows Mr. Satan around. He goes, oh, Mr. Satan. Oh yeah, Ooh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Satan. It's like his personal assistant <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But uh, yeah, Quick. I watched that and then I started watching a new one. I haven't never watched before. It's called, uh, I guess it's fairly new. It's only 24 episodes out. It's called Black Clover. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. It had a really good rating on there. Black Cat? No, Clover. Clover. Okay. You need to watch it darker than black. So like whiter than white? Uh, that's the, the, that's the sequel. <laughs> ah. <I'm> just... <laughs> no. All right. I'll check it out. But yeah. No, it was really good and I got into it and I'm waiting for the next. It sucks because I watched all the ones I had and I'm waiting for the next one to come out. Quick message to uh, Big Dog's younger brother, Mr. Matt Ingalls, if you're listening to this. Language. Give me my Trigun DVDs back, you oh, still has mother. Them. I forgot. You can just about transfer that. to Justin's room. I forgot about that. Yeah, if, if you see him, bring him back. Yeah, I would like him. But I was just thinking, it's like you know, the I think I think it's the Japanese or I think Japanese primarily, Japanese maybe Korea. Korea. Yeah, Asian Asian community. They have a dare you say the Orient. No, that's not politically <laughs> can, correct. Can we uh, get an offense uh, rating on the offensive meter for that, please? Six out of ten. Six out of ten. All right, we're good. But uh, I was like, uh, God, we the Americans don't really have anything like that. We don't do that. And I was just curious. SpongeBob. I was, I was just uh, yeah, I guess it's geared, <laughs> we think cartoons are more geared towards kids, kids. I guess. Yeah, well, Guillermo del Toro did um, the new Voltron. Was that him? Or was that... I he did it. I've never watched the original. Hunt, Troll Hunters. Troll Hunters. There's a, a cartoon on Netflix that's, yeah, that's supposed to be like, like action oriented that was made by Guillermo del Toro. Still, it's still kid. Well, okay. Remember when we were kids? They had like GI Joe, Conan the Barbarian, He Man, He Man. Um, they had like Godzilla, Johnny Quest. Like Dude, you had Johnny Quest. There's there's some action cartoons out there, but the, nowadays the original Batman cartoon, the original Bat, Dude, the nineties yeah, Batman, X Men, yep. oh absolutely, Spider Man, su- yeah, Justice League, Superman. Oh, that, now that you said X Men, and, and that's all I can think of right now is the theme song. Yeah. No, that, that was good. It was a good cartoon. It seems like in the 2000s we hit a turning point where they stopped making cartoons like that because even the superhero themed cartoons like they're, Team, hold on, they're going back to the previously on X Men. Yeah. I need to hear the oh, guitar this is riff. So good. Let's hear the riff. You should have learned how to play that. No, <laughs> I don't think that goes well with Pantera. <laughs> smoke on the water. Guys, yeah, the wrong theme song. Wrong, wrong theme song. More. Uh, but I like, I like seriously remember like watching like GI Joe and stuff like in the morning on like weekends. Well, even like Saturday morning cartoons, Animaniacs, had. Animaniacs. Oh, well, even like Freakazoid was a good like border film, border cartoon between like comedy and action. Right. Yeah. I, I think. I think it's a good point that you brought up is that 
in America, we view cartoons geared for children. Yeah. But I wonder, and, and I don't know this because I'm not Japanese, obviously. And I don't know. No, any, I, I don't tell. know anyone. For, I don't know. The dragon anyone. tattoos sold me on it, though. Yeah, I don't t- see, that's, that's Tibetan. I don't see color. <laughs> Brian doesn't see much of anything at all. Yeah. I don't have my glasses on. I'm blind. <laughs> Um, but I don't know anyone from Japan who would say that these cartoons are viewed by the adult audience or anything like that. Or if it's if in Japan they're geared towards children too. I I don't know. Let me let me pose a question to you guys. So here we don't. You notice our cartoons are really like uh, geared towards kids who the the iPad community, like the kids who would rather play a video game on their on their phone. And actually uh, devote themselves to a, a game that makes them think or a, a puzzle solving game on a console. So, do you think it might be the same thing with cartoons where, like in Japan, these animes have these big elaborate stories and you actually have to think about like life, sometimes quantum mechanics well, that's, or like. That's what we said. It's, a, it's, it's not geared towards kids, it's geared towards pretty much anybody who can follow the story. It is. And it's like a, it's like a cartoon drama, but. Yeah. Here I don't. I mean, even like, like the anime yeah. is dying well, out I, here I as feel, far as like, like kids he, go. I feel like here, America is such a PC and like non like no violence, no guns, no Isn't nothing the, like that. No, no overly sexual anything. Everything. Oh, geez, I mean, uh, that takes uh, anime out. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just takes it's, out hentai. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Comic Con? Whoa. whoa there, whoa there, Mister Tentacles. But. uh but like no, like like in other countries, I feel like uh, their um, their censorship isn't as strict as the United States. Like I, I, like, like I know in Britain, you can get a little bit of a lot more stuff on TV, oh, especially with language. language. I wonder if it's even some nudity. I love you wonder the if BBC. it's just about Shout other. I wonder if other countries and their version of the FCC is just not as worried about offending people because they have primarily, you know, this one group of people well i think the british are kind of like uh if you don't want to watch it don't watch it i mean I if think you don't that, like it don't see, watch i it. think that's, that's a good rule that's a great way to change the channel yeah there's a i mean many people have done many bits about this but you know there's if you don't like what you hear on the radio there's a knob yeah and there's well, a channel changer change the channel right you can turn the tv off you don't like yeah, this podcast you don't have to yeah, you don't exactly you don't like this else. podcast uh, like keep listening keep listening yeah keep listening you have the option yeah you're already committed um you're you locked it, in. You're locked in. Do you think it has anything to do with comprehension, though? Like, we look at it this way. Teen Titans, okay? Teen Titans went from being a really good action-oversion cartoon to a That is true. To like, like a, yeah, a the, kids, the dumbed-down kids A dumbed-down kids ADD cartoon. Well, have you seen, like, a, they've done it with a lot of shows. Uh, but Teen Titans is the most notable one. I, I like Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars, yeah. That was a good, that was good, I, though. I really like that. That was good, but... It was a, that's canon, actually. It was a considerable yeah. now, like yes, now, now it's it canon. Is. Yes, drop in quality from Clone Wars, though. Yes, yeah. not as much violence. Not as much. Yeah, no, no not as much violence. And More, I think the storylines got a little simpler. And not as well. Yeah, simpler, simpler. But you know, I think that's the gearing towards kids because that's the audience that's gonna. The thing is with adult audience and cartoons is people are looking at it from like a business point of view. So who's what gonna sells? buy the toys? What yeah. sells? Kids are gonna buy the toys. The, the you know the parents are going to buy the toys for the kids, but the kids want the toys. Adults are just going to consume and then leave it alone. Like I would have thought, so like, there's not like, as much like, money there. Like Gundam, like giant robots, oh like my really gosh, that wouldn't that's... sell with kids. I remember using I used to play with Transformers. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Well, now even Transformers are less complicated than they were. They're way they have like, way down. Like I think there's one I saw. I can't remember which one it was, but none of the Autobots or Decepticons had guns. 
like nothing at all like that. Really? Yeah. Right, right. Like one of them had like a big drill. The other one had like a like a hammer. Yeah, nothing like yeah, drill no, in your other robots. No, yeah, no like weapon. Remember when we were kids, all no the toys? No overt weapons. Yeah. 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 And all the toys came with missiles and you could press the button on and you the all, back. And you oh, would yeah. lose them like three yeah. days later. And you yeah, like, but you well, still pretend. are a choking hazard. <laughs> You're going to choke. Laws of nature. Don't shove it up your butt. Oh, jeez. No, that's what Start it with said. Some people. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. So what are you, what we, like, I don't know. We, oh, I don't know. I just, I was just curious, uh, like, just, wasn't I, there I, a new show on Netflix, like Transyl, not Transylvania. Uh, yeah. Castlevania. 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 So that was, Sorry. But, I, but is that, that, is that anime? I, so like, yes. what is, so I guess to really one step above is what defines anime. Doesn't that mean it comes from Japan? So then, by default, America can't have anime. I think it's a it's a genre. It's a cartoon. Or is it a stylistic? It's a, it's a style. Thing. Yeah, it's a style. So like so we had um, complex story, certain type of animation. Yeah. In the wake of uh, Batman Begins, you had Gotham Knight, and that was done. That was written by Americans, but it was drawn by a bunch of famous anime artists. So I, it's just a style, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think there's room for complex story and even like complex like adult stuff embedded and kind of hidden within these kid shows so that adults can enjoy it too because they think oh well the adults kind of are going to be watching it with their kids to a certain extent so there should be something in there for them well if you look at the old like justice league cartoon full of adult jokes oh for sure so bad and it's so great yeah spongebob too Yep, but SpongeBob too. We yeah. were talking about Netflix. Netflix is doing a good job of bringing anime to an American adult audience. So well, like Netflix you have, is just winning all over the place. They, with original content yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, but you watch like they. You can watch. I don't know if it's still on there, but they had like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and, yeah. but they have all these original do. series like uh, Knights of Sidonia, and there's a couple other ones that are like super gory, super violent, but they have very intriguing stories, and it's not like your cheesy anime where people are fainting every five seconds or like a girl gets her boob touched or something and like there's blood coming out of the character's That's nose so, or so something. That makes me laugh so bad every yeah. time though. I never understood that. I don't know. When you see someone naked and your nose bleeds, I never understood that. Yeah. <laughs> usually, usually when that happens, blood goes somewhere else. Yeah. There's no blood to make it upstairs. <laughs> you followed up with, sorry mom. <laughs> oh, how embarrassing. Well, the, is the new Black Dynamite card, I guess Adult Swim is the closest... Do you remember uh, like connection? Tsunami, Tsunami, yeah. yeah. It was Gundam Wing, Outlaw Star, Dragon Ball Z, and Cowboy Bebop. Those and that's like what the, I used to watch when I came home from school in elementary school, right? Or like uh, Roroni Kenshin was on there. Yeah, because they had two different runs. One would be from like four to six, and the other one would yep. be uh, midnight to like two. I think mm-hmm. no, it was like ten to ten to ten to midnight. Ten to midnight, midnight. Yeah. not six to midnight. No, do they have Tsunami anymore? No. no. Does it? Is it all encompassed under Adult Swim? I don't know. Or does Adult there's, Swim there's have not, its own channel there's not now? Even, there's, there's, no, there's no anime shows on Adult uh, Swim Adult anymore. Swim used to play anime. No, they used to, but they don't. Yeah. It's all like Robot Chicken and Squidbillies and I don't Josh's know. favorite what, stuff. What about, um? Uh, what's the, the Boondocks? Is that in stylistically closer to... They don't play that anymore. No, but was it? Because that was a... considered anime, it yeah. That's yeah. like American anime. Yeah. Well, Airbender, like, I guess, would be sort of like our That's Nickelodeon, anime. right? Yeah, yeah. I could think that's what, closer the, to anime. The kind of hit in the middle was uh, Samurai Jack. I remember Sam- Samurai Jack. Um, Afro Samurai was actually American produced. Samuel Jackson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess there are examples of it, but I think even with that Afro Samurai, that's American made, but emulating 
Japanese, Chinese culture with samurai. It's Japanese. Like yeah, that kind of like karate but, but, fighting but you, but you and stuff like that. Anything because I've seen I've seen Japanese anime where they emulate you know European Middle Ages and stuff. Oh okay, yeah. The I mean, there's nothing uh, like you can. It's it's a damn cartoon. You can make it about anything. Yeah, right. But well, uh, with, I wonder if they just don't see a market in it. I, well, so Funimation is actually the biggest anime provider in North yeah. America. And from what I understand, like they do really well. Oh yeah, is it? Is it all dubbed in English, or do they have a the original the, dubs on the as on well? the on the Funimation app? It most of the stuff on there is in is oh. English dubbed, but it gives you the option you can you can watch the original Japanese with subtitles if you want to. Okay, with the, with the original Japanese uh, soundtrack and stuff. Doggy's got something to say. Yeah, yeah. doesn't clearly doesn't like anime. But uh, to pound no, but every, everything everything <laughs> on there is English dubbed. Okay, as opposed to like Netflix, a lot of stuff on Netflix isn't English dubbed. Yeah. Okay. I think though that's because they get it out. They want to get it out faster to the audience, I suppose. But if you look at so look at American, let's talk about originality for a second. You look at American movies, and you have a clear lack of originality. We're rebooting everything. We're remaking everything. We're stealing storylines and putting into our own stuff. The original storylines are coming from smaller filmmakers. Smaller filmmakers, and you have real real quick on that. Did you guys watch the new solo trailer? I know it came out. It came out today, right? Yeah, I didn't watch so, it. Looks so, uh, it looks so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. Hold on. Hey, shut up. Doggy. Um. <laughs> no, he wants us to watch that uh, new Wes Anderson film about the dogs. Oh, what is that? Um, oh, Isle yeah, of for, dogs. The, for the dog. Yeah, Isle of Dogs. I feel like yeah. that's going to make me cry if I go see it. It, it looks very similar to... It, looks, um, it sounds funny it when you sounds to funny, them. but oh. it's a Wes Anderson film, so you know there's going to be something in it that's yeah. sad. One of my favorite films of all time was The Fantastic Mr. Fox. The Grand okay. B- Grand Budapest. Dude, that was so good. Oh, so Grand good. Budapest. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? None of your goddamn business. <laughs> the Life Aquatic was weird for me, but like I still Jesus. What was the one with it. Edward Norton? Uh, Moonrise oh, Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think we should do one day like a top five directors because oh, we all yes. are kind of movie buffs in our own way, and yeah. like you would get like Tarantino up there, you'd get Spielberg, Kevin Spielberg. Smith, I, Kevin I Smith. Like, as much as I like Jay, we'll, we'll Michael, say, Michael Bay movies, he's not that great of a director. No, would you? Guys, I like there's the that movie. So that movie that he helped produce or whatever about Silence with John Krasinski that is killing oh, it I in the box it. office. I saw it. It's good. Oh, you went yeah. and saw it? It's a, yeah, well, it's like a horror. The big gym wanted to see it, so oh. we went and saw it. Um, of course, the big gym seeking seeking. I heard, I heard it was the quietest <laughs> movie you've ever. Gone okay, to. so that's the thing. You go in the first like. 45 minutes i want to say is really quiet and they do like anytime they want you to like feel tense they do that you know how in dunkirk they did the yes in this one they it everything's silent except for like the of them walking across like uh did you ever watch that movie with uh george clooney with something butterfly there was no soundtrack in the whole movie and it drove me insane I don't remember what the movie was actually called but it had no soundtrack it's weird drove me insane silence with uh, a quiet place, you know how in Signs they did a good job of building up suspension by like showing not suspension but suspense by showing uh, not giving you a glimpse of what the aliens were to like it's maybe, like Jaws yeah through like maybe halfway through the film you saw the leg and you're like oh crap that's scary in a quiet place they show you these creatures right away so it takes all the focus off of the fact that the alien are oh really not, they they, they just show aliens, it I heard I heard that it was like glimpses you didn't actually see the whole well, thing but clearly. they show like the the thing running across the screen almost immediately so it takes all like the suspense off what is this thing what, is, what, it? what does it do what is they? it a person they, they never or is say it whatever yeah. what does it look like it's like um 
Does it yeah, look the, like the, the shadow monster from Stranger Things? Yeah, it's not, not a okay, not okay, a no, 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 that's a, that's a good. It's a mix between the shadow creature from Stranger Things, the and giant one with the spider legs, or yeah, the demogorgon, the uh, demogorgon. Okay, and then it's also a mix with uh, the alien from Super Eight. Oh, I was just gonna say, okay, Super yeah. another movie that you didn't really see the alien oh, until the I very end. That movie so much, it was it reminded me such stuff of ET, yeah, but just way more badass. But anyways, it's, it's we're a, digressing. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a decent movie, but check it out. Um, back to the thing though, um, original content. So. If you look at all the stories that come out of like China and Japan, like the movies, cinema movies, you see very original stories. You see them willing to take chances on like even like mystical type movies. Matt Damon's The Wall is a bad example, but a good example. I saw it. Um, I wasn't. I saw Pedro Pascal spoke Spanish in it. It was very odd. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) He was the only part that I liked. Yeah. He was great. It it was a terrible movie. But it was really bad. Even with like their animes, they, they, tell those kind of stories in cartoon form. Like that would have been a badass it, anime. Yeah, and I think that it translates better. But here we don't, nothing's original. And you can't even follow most cartoons because it's watch, 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 watch. And it's bright like... Bright color, bright color, bright color. Yeah. Commercial break. There's no yeah. cereal. No story. <laughs> right. No plot. Right. It's action, quick, yeah. witty lines, which, I mean, that follows for the most part a lot of the you know, TV shows that are being produced, sitcoms and stuff like that. Except for Roseanne, kind of key. It's a here. That's actually pretty. Roseanne's good. really. It's kind of like yeah. a, a kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. That's right. The old acronym. That's right. Uh, they do show anime here when they're tying it into big movies, though. Like uh, Alien Covenant had a little anime short. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine did. Uh, uh, Pred- Predator, the last Predator movie. I don't think it had an anime. I'm not sure. It might have had one uh, storyboard right. cartoon one where there's yeah. like nothing. There's just slides of shit. But uh, one of the ones I liked it was there was a for right right after Mass right but either before or after Mass Effect three came out they had a, a anime movie yes Ascension yeah yeah and I I liked it Ascension I thought it was pretty, it was pretty good Dead Space did too yes they did it was good that was good too you guys like Ascension Millennium you don't know that song no is that from Metalocalypse no <laughs> <laughs> Mermaider Mermaider oh Mermaider Mermaider there's a good example. Was that Metalocalypse? That's kind of love Metalocalypse. They like it wasn't really like watch me, watch me, watch me type thing, but it was like funny, well thought out, dark humor. Yeah. So realistically, you guys don't know Corey Feldman, Ascension Millennium. You don't know this. No. Is Corey Feldman the guy that allegedly got touched by Kevin Spacey? No. I don't think he got touched. He got, he got, he's been in Corey, the news Corey recently because he got the, stabbed. Is, is the Corey and Corey, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Corey. He, dude, he's like really fucking weird. He's Wait, crazy. He's got like these three hot chicks that he employs. They're called Corey's Angels. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, yep. What's he from? What does he weird. do? What's he Corey's from? Angels? Lost Boys? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dude, so he's been in the news recently because he got stabbed by this like Hollywood wolf pack because he's like, been outing all the pedophiles. Like in the butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says, no, he got stabbed. He was like, some guy came into my car and stabbed me. Came and then, into my car and stabbed me. Yeah, and so he distracted my bodyguard, whatever it is, and it's just a Hollywood wolf pack. And then he shows a picture of it. It's the size of like a pen. Oh, yeah, I was reading about that. He's just, he's dude, out he, of his dude, flipping he's, mind. He's crazy, like he, legit he, crazy. Ascension. Ascension. Song. It's a hit. And he's had like he's had like weird plastic surgery. He just looks terrible. He's, dude, he looks like he looks like a pedophile. He kind of does. No, he kind of looks like Skrillex. Yeah, Dang. like a, like an older version of like a, like Sonny Moore when he's going to be sixty. Yeah, Sonny Moore, man, Wings of Pestilence, dude, a great song. 
He was a uh, is I forget the name of his screamo band. They were really good yeah, too. Yeah, from first to last. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he blew a thing in his throat and that's why he couldn't vocal do that flap. screen because i remember seeing them uh you have to get the surgery right yeah because i saw them in concert and like he would get his voice to go so high when he sang that he would throw up on stage like burp from like the uh, used did avenge sevenfold yeah. yeah and then when he got the surgery and came back it didn't quite he couldn't quite go as far when he screamed right no. he could still scream but he couldn't oh, he it could wasn't the same scream. i he, love avenge sevenfold he man. collaborated with um the new from first to last, from what I understand, like they were working on some music together last year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah Skrillex hasn't been putting out a lot of DJ music lately. I think he's, he's just mostly been, just featuring. I think he's featuring, and then he's—I don't know if he's a ghostwriter or if he's just dude. He's got his money. He never has yeah, to do yeah, good another. For him. He like, doesn't never has to do another gig if he doesn't want to. He was homeless when he was in from first to last. Like he just lived in the tour bus. Yep. Good for him though. Uh, all right, guys. Any closing thoughts here? No. What, what would more, you like to more see? Anime. Okay. Like, do you want to see sequels to, like... Oh, well, of course. I mean, I love to see sequels to my favorite shows that don't have any more content come out. But, yeah, but uh, I'm not opposed to new ideas. Like I said, I watched that new show, uh, Black Clover. It's really good. I like it. I, I miss the, King of the Hill. King of the Hill was good. That was so... That was really good. Mike Judge is a genius. Future, Silicon Valley it was is like, good, it was, too, like yeah. it was like Seinfeld, but cartooned. Like, there was nothing, like, going on in Damn the Damn it, Bobby. Bobby Hill. <laughs> Are you still talking? Oh, <laughs> They My need... God, are you still <laughs> talking? <laughs> I miss Futurama, but I don't want to see it come back in a full-blown series. I want it to come out dude, with, Futurama like... Futurama is all over the place, dude. It's all over, um... It's all over Netflix, isn't it? Comedy Central. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All over they Comedy need to Central. do... Bring it back, like, every two years with a one-off special. So kind of like Rick and Morty, where you have to wait yeah, forever so it, a day? so it lives, but it's still, Archer. like... Archer. Yeah, Archer. Dude, Archer's got a new season. Uh, either oh, it's a new movie or a, it's a new series. Season. season? Yeah. Is it out now or are they waiting? No, it, it premieres in the end of April. I haven't watched Archer in so long. The last two seasons have been really poor, in my opinion. I haven't watched the since. The first three were so gold. I haven't watched since Pam got addicted to cocaine. Oh, wow. That's like th- four plus years. Yeah, it was like I stopped at like the four season. Gotcha. At the four seasons? Yeah. yeah that's, Good at hotel. The, at the four seasons. <laughs> Right all right, on. all right, guys. Well, this is Topic Eclipse, and it's been our pleasure to serve you. Why do you say that? Who are we know. serving? Uh, just the public. I didn't. Josh likes to serve everybody. I do. You got served. He's, he's a servicer. I do. Let Josh service you. Just let me service you, Josh. Has <laughs> have you seen that? Have you seen that meme? It's not. It's not if it's a meme, but it's like an adult cartoon where these guys are sitting at the table and he's talking to this girl. He goes. Can you just give me a high five? I haven't had a good high five since I've been here. Everybody else is getting high fives and it pans around. And everybody's getting it. They're everybody's reaching under the table. The girls are all reaching under the table. It's like, oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, give me a high five. It's been Josh's pleasure to, pleasure to <laughs> serve <laughs> you. Service you. Please, sir, to serve you. Josh likes to service you. Yes. With his voice. Vocal fraud. <laughs> Hey, Josh Peterson here. This episode of Topic Ocalypse is brought to you by the Pop Culture Cosmos. Do you know what I love discussing more than poop knives? Pop culture. And before the Big Bang Theory planted itself on the butthole of pop culture by filling our subculture with crap, I loved going to Comic-Con and talking about movies and video games. And thanks to the Pop Culture Cosmos, my love of all things nerd is rekindled. You can catch the Pop Culture Cosmos podcast on the podcast radio network every Monday night at 10.30 p.m. EST and 7.30 p.m. PST, and the Pop Culture Multiverse Show every Friday night at 7 EST and 4 PST.